warm welcome to the Leaders with Babies podcast. My name is Verena Hefti. I am the CEO and founder of Leaders Plus, an award-winning social enterprise dedicated to supporting leaders with babies and young children. I passionately believe that it is not okay that in the UK today, if you have a child and want to care for it, it really impacts on your chances of getting to the most senior jobs. With this podcast and our award-winning Leaders Plus Fellowship program, I want to change this by giving you inspiration and practical support to continue to progress your career in a way that works for you whilst enjoying your young children. Today's guest is Sam Bessun. She's the founder of the HSBC Flexible Working Network. Margaret Ree Mead, who is one of my heroes as I studied social anthropology, and she's basically the mother of social anthropology. Margaret Mead said once, um, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. And this quote really reminds me of Sam. This is Sam's story of how she has spearheaded the introduction of a flexible working culture at HSBC together with her job share partner, Dee Gosney. Enjoy the conversation. So Sam, extremely happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Why don't we start with you? Tell me a bit about yourself, your family and how you and I met. Well, firstly, thank you for um, having me. Very excited to be here. So I am a fellow of the Leaders Plus Fellowship. I believe I was on the inaugural fellowship when it kicked off back in 2018. At the time, I was working at HSBC in London and I was on my second maternity leave, I think it was. And I joined the fellowship um, really because... I had experienced quite a dip in in um, my professional confidence after my first maternity leave. Um, it took me a long time to get back on my feet, um, despite being in a very supportive workplace. I found it um, kind of within myself. I found it quite difficult. So I was kind of determined not to go through that again. So I wanted to be proactive about helping myself after my um, second maternity leave. And that's when I came across Leaders Plus, And that's why I joined the fellowship then. And um Obviously, it's been amazing. I didn't pay you to say that. No, no, no endorsements, no paid endorsements here. Um, I'm actually no longer work at HSBC now. So I am a a stay at home mum for the moment. Um, And I've been at home with my two children for the past, uh, I think it's 10 months now. Um, But I left HSBC with the view of going into freelance work. So I work within employee communications really kind of wanted to take that step to work for myself now and choose the projects that I that I want to do that really kind of ignite passion within me um so that's where I am now and just so the listeners get an an understanding of the magnitude of your role it was a pretty senior role wasn't it you just told me about interviewing the CEO as we came in here and and uh, it was a role with very significant responsibility and so coming into that with not the greatest confidence obviously what was tricky yeah, so it was um, it was in within the um, global communications team, and we looked after our um, global uh, content for for employees. So there was there was a lot going on. There were very tight deadlines. It was a very creative role. And um, at the when I left, um, I was doing a job share at the time. When I left myself and my job share, our, I believe our our um, job title was global head of content strategy. 
sounds very grand, <laughs> but it was it was a, a, a management role. Um, we did have um, big responsibilities and, you know, working to international um, kind of timelines and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was quite a heavy role. Mm. So the reason why I asked you to have a chat is because I'm just fascinated. You set up the HSBC Flex Network completely from scratch in an environment where not everyone was, you know, it wasn't the done thing, was it? How did you get started? That's a really good question. Um, the, the process was uh, massively organic. So it really came from a very personal place. So as I just mentioned, I was in a, a job share partnership towards the end of my time at HSBC. And when I formed uh, this job share partnership with um, my then partner, Dee Gosney, we had worked together for a long time before that. Our line manager was hugely supportive. We were working in an environment which was within our team itself, very supportive of what we were doing, um, which is very lucky because a lot of people that want to work flexibly or do work flexibly, you know, don't necessarily um, experience that. But even so, we quickly realized that working as a job share came with some really unique challenges. Um, there were huge benefits and that they were obvious immediately, but you know, it's a very, very different way of working. You know, we were used to working very autonomously, not having to think about a partner in such close proximity. So we thought, okay, there must be someone else out here doing this. So let's reach out to other people doing job share and just get some tips from them. Literally just some practical tips. You know, how do you manage the flow of emails? Do you have a shared inbox? Do you have a shared um, email signature? You know, really basic things that we just weren't sure how we should be doing it. Um, in terms of best practice. And when we looked around us, we realized we just couldn't see anybody doing a job share. We realized that uh, we were, I think there were about 600 comms colleagues at the time that we were doing this. We were the only job share at the time across, across the globe within communications and outside of communications, there was just no visibility of anybody doing a job share. And we just thought, crikey, you know, this is this is not visible at all. And and if people are doing it, they're certainly not talking about it. And we ended up having to go outside of the business to talk to people doing job shares. And we we kind of we picked up um, the TimeWise part-time power list that was out at the time, and we saw that there were people doing job shares and we just reached out to them and we had a coffee with a few of them and we got some really, really useful information we just kind of realized that actually there was so much value in these conversations that we were having. They were helping us along the way just to get the logistics of our job right, let alone the job itself. And we just thought this, this is insane that we don't have something like this within HSBC. And so we decided to kind of reach out and see if there was anybody within HSBC that wanted to have a very informal chat about what it is to, to not only job share, job share, but, you know, do flexible working generally. And we put together a very informal email and we asked a few people, we asked a few PAs that we, that we were in contact with. I think, I guess the benefit of working within communications is you work with a lot of people outside your own department as well. So we had some avenues to get this email out into the business. And uh, we had over 600 responses of people wanting to have a chat about flexible working. I mean, when we sent this email out, I think we envisaged that um, there'd be maybe five of us sat in a room having a very awkward conversation, but we had 600 people come back to us saying, I want to talk about this. 
And so we ended up actually putting on three events. Um, we had the support of our manager to do that. And we had to come up with some kind of tricky telephony situation where people could dial in because it was from everybody um, was they, they were from across the UK. It wasn't just in London. So we couldn't all physically get into one room and have a chat. So we had to set that up and we, we ended up having some basically focus groups, I guess. We ended up collating a lot of this data, a lot of anecdotal data about people's experiences of working flexibly, what their barriers, what the barriers were, um, what their day to day was like, what the stresses were, and also how it was working well for them as well. Some you know really useful tips about how um, they made it work well. And we realized that actually we had some really valuable information in our hands. Um, one of the biggest uh, requests that came from those events was we want a formal support network to help us with this because um, as individuals working flexibly in an environment where people didn't talk about working flexibly I feel very lonely I don't know who to turn to I don't know who to bounce ideas off for how to make things work better and that's that's how it was born basically. Interesting I presume even for that first conversation and then how it evolved you would have had to get senior leadership buy-in how did you go about that it was a very interesting situation we we had this uh, a, a mechanism within hsbc which was set up some years before um we had this conversation um they were called hsbc exchange which were basically designed for anybody to be able to call a meeting with anybody that they felt they wanted there wanted to be there to talk about any topic that they wanted whether it be an issue or to share a good idea or anything like that and the whole premise of these meetings the ex exchanges was that senior leaders within those meetings had to sit back and listen and they couldn't interrupt stop or try and solve any problems that came up the idea was that it was um it was up to the people in the room to come up with solutions so actually, we were very lucky in that we had a mechanism in place to be able to call that kind of meeting. So it was under the ban banner of these exchanges. So we didn't necessarily need a senior leader to say, you're allowed to do this. Um, and that was part of a much wider kind of cultural change drive within the organisation to help people to get their ideas heard. So we were very lucky in that in that respect. But having said that, we did have senior leader um, buy in our manager um, was very supportive of what we were trying to do. And um, our director also, who eventually became the um, executive sponsor of our Flex Network, he was very supportive as well. So we kind of had the thumbs up to go go ahead and do it. From those in initial meetings, how did the Flex Network emerge? So we had, um, like I say, we had a, a really valuable data set in our hands. People talking about their day-to-day -day experience of um, what it is to be a flexible worker within that kind of organization. And that was information that had never really been gathered before. That gave us some real leverage because it really highlighted a lot of issues that needed to be addressed. But it also highlighted how flexible working done well can be so powerful for the business and I think that was the key. Um, it gave us the information that we needed to start having conversations with people that needed to be on board. So we engaged very early on with our HR colleagues. I mean, just to just to clarify, myself and my job share partner, we had we were not within HR, we were not within cultural programs within within the business. We were not within diversity and inclusion. We were just two normal employees that could see that actually something needed to be done about 
something and we thought come on let's give it a go but we did engage with those people very early on um we we kind of reached out to people and said that this is what we have noticed this is what we have this information we've got this information and we want to do something about it and that really did pave the way for us it's kind of you know information being the most powerful asset I guess and also it helped us to have those conversations where we needed to bring senior leadership on board we needed a sponsor we needed someone to say okay we're going to give you a little bit of budget to do some things it was kind of you couldn't really argue with what we were presenting to them and I think that was the most important thing really interesting Money is important to get anything like this off the ground, especially if you want to do it beyond, you know, your evening hours. How, what exactly, was it just the data or was there something else that you did to get that money that you needed and the resource? I'm not sure that there's anything that we did specifically apart from have those conversations. I think potentially that flexible working is one of those kind of zeitgeist topics that people re- understand how important it is, but whether they have the motivation to change such a, a, a set way of working. So I, I think it, it really was, we, we, were, we were banging the flexible working drum without a doubt. We didn't really shut up about it. <laughs> um, um, but I think also we, we showed that actually it didn't, we didn't have a huge budget by any means. You know, it was, it was very, very, very limited and we had to do a lot with very little. So we had to come up with ideas that were, really far-reaching but that didn't cost much that's where we had to get creative really but the people that we were speaking to they we can't they kind of had the confidence that we were we were going along the right track so I think they were they were on board from quite an early stage actually for the listeners who don't know what that flex working network looks like do you mind summarizing what it is today how big it is what it does and so on sure so we grew very, very rapidly. So um, anybody within the business could become a member. Um, But when I left about 10 months ago, I think we were about up to about two and a half thousand members. I'm not sure what the numbers are today. I'm I'm sure they're still growing. Um, But to be a member of of HSBC Flex, you basically had access to a variety of information. So we, we tried to pool a lot of information about flexible working both from within HSBC, um, but also externally, just to kind of uh, show the benefits of, of get, arm people with the right information to to be able to argue the benefits of flexible working. We put on events, so we would ask speakers to come in, um, again, mainly from outside of HSBC to try and trigger a different way of thinking, to talk about uh, flexible working, um, various aspects uh, we launched a mentor scheme. So we matched senior flexible workers with more junior um, people that were either working flexibly or aspiring to become flexible workers. And we had a number of promotions and, uh, you know, some really, really successful kind of outcomes out of those those relationships. We put on job pairing events. So to encourage people that were looking to become job share partnerships to find um, their their counterpart within the business so there was lots of things going on we, we launched a podcast there was lots of stories and information about other people doing flexible working within hsbc so it really covered a huge kind of gamut of of, of different different things and you mentioned earlier some of the themes the challenges that have emerged and also the the things people really wanted i'm curious what did you find in your initial research 
So some of the big things that we found were people wanted to see and have real visibility of senior leaders working flexibly and for them to talk openly about it. Um, so that's one of the things that we we kind of set to working on pretty quickly was finding those people that were at a more senior level who were willing to talk about flexible working. And we presented those stories. Other themes were kind of cultural barriers to, to flexible working. So general attitudes, which I think is a, a big barrier within many organisations, especially large organisations. And asking the question, how do we how do we start to change those those opinions, like very outdated opinions, really. So that was a big thing that people were contending with. And another big thing, which again, I think is very typical of any large organization was the uh, kind of the mindsets of middle management. So the people that generally you would be going to, to ask for flexible working and there being an outright no, a fear of opening floodgates for other people working flexibly, a fear of understanding how to manage flexible workers um, and whether they had the right support to, to give them it's a different skill set or well maybe it isn't a different skill set I'm not sure I, I think maybe it's just a, an outlook but people being scared that they wouldn't know how to manage a remote team or people working at different hours or you know what do you do if somebody who's um, had a flexible working request granted and someone else who doesn't work flexibly and there's kind of bit of resentment there you know what how do you manage those situations another of the the big themes was informal versus formal flexible working and how how do we reconcile that within such a large organization so where people are ad hoc have a a very supportive boss and are allowed to work however they want but it's not a formal arrangement compared to somebody who's asking specifically for an you know through an HR request form I want to work part-time or compressed hours etc being told no but somebody over there who they can see across the office is allowed to leave an hour early every Wednesday, you know, so that it was the consistency of flexible working as an application within a business. I'm curious, what did you do on the line management thing? I completely agree with you. It is a skills thing. I do think it is skills and I would just think like outcome-based management. So managing people by whether or not they achieve a target rather than how many hours they're there. That's a, a skill and it requires a different type of conversation to have you finished work at 5 p.m. or so. But then also, obviously, there's a huge mindset issue and it takes a bit of courage to be the first line manager to allow, in quotation marks, flexible working. So is there anything you did to address that? It, I mean, it's, so, it's such a huge topic to try and get your arms around. That was one of the areas where myself and my job share partner had to be mindful of the fact that we were not HR or employee engagement or you know, training and development in an organization as large as, you know, as HSBC, you need, I would argue, a dedicated and very focused kind of development program for line managers. So where the networks came into play here was more about the conversation around line managers. So where we could kind of have an influence was digging out and unearthing line managers that were doing it really well and getting them to talk about how they did it especially if we could find stories where you had line managers that were hugely cynical to begin with, but had a, you know, change of heart and were managing flexible working really, really well, then they, they were, they were the kind of stories that we really, really wanted to unearth. And in fact, actually my, my line manager was one of those stories. So when I first started working within that, within that um, department, 
there was nobody working flexibly and it was not an option and there were a lot of people working long hours you know delivering to tight deadlines and traveling a lot and kind of that work-life balance didn't really come into play if you wanted to work in that team that's what you had to do but through um, my own line manager's experience of um, burning out she realized that that's how you know working flexibly is an answer to a lot of the the issues that we were facing within the team in terms of people not being massively productive you know burning out kind of getting to the end of their tether walking away from the team because they just couldn't take it anymore and she herself became an example of working flexibly and encouraging the job share and and now and now she talks about it she sounds really inspirational i find that sort of thing much Mm. more inspirational than someone who's always been absolutely yes so yeah yeah you know she sounds like a brilliant speaker yeah if ever you could put me in touch with her. The other thing that seems to come up again and again when we talk about flexible working is workload, specifically the classical doing four days, but actually still working five days. Yes. Did you, being exposed to flexible working solutions from across the globe, Mm -hmm. two and a half thousand members, did you come across any gold nuggets of how to manage workload in a flexible working role? Yes. Uh, Well, obviously everyone's different, but I mean, having come from a job share arrangement I, I really do believe that job sharing is the is the answer obviously not that is it all <laughs> <laughs> um it's a really interesting one because out of all of the flexible working kind of options out there job share is the is the most is the rarest interesting um i think i can't remember the the um the stats exactly but there's something like out of all the jo- out of all the flexible working arrangements within the uk job share forms one percent of that that was a, there was statistics published by TimeWise. They've got, you know, um, that was a few years ago. It might be different now, but at the time, that's what we were working to. And when, as a job share, you say to people, "Oh, I do a job share," the common response is, "I could never do that. I just wouldn't trust somebody to do my job as well as I do." And the reality is, there is a lot of letting go of ego when you work within a job share. It's really important that you kind of let go of that ego because if you want work-life balance and you want your job share to really work, you have to trust the other person. Even they might be doing something differently to how you would do it, but they're, they're doing it to the best of the ability. If you're both invested in this, then, you know, you have that trust element is so important, but it's really interesting actually because my job share partner before we formed that partnership I watched her within my team for a number of years working in different flexible ways so you know working three days and then having to go up to four days because actually she didn't have enough time within three days to do what she needed to and then actually she was working five days in four anyway and not getting paid that extra day and I saw that stress that it that it laid on her shoulders and then when we formed that job share, it, it wasn't like that because you you have that, you know, you know that the job is being done while you're not there. You can switch off but to a much greater degree than I think if you're working part time. And, you know, as our, our manager always says, you're getting two heads for the price of one. Why, why wouldn't you do it? So starting off this network has been a huge um, success. It may not feel like this to you at all times because I'm sure you can see all the small things that you would have done slightly differently but would you invest that much time into it again at the time you were a young mum pregnant with a second would you do that again 100% why 
it was an incredible time for me at my job share to see actually how to ordinary employees can affect change in such a large organization but also to be so involved in something that you're so passionate about it was incredible to see how productive we could be there were no questions about oh, well this there's too much going on well sometimes we do feel like there was too much going on there's no doubt about it but it was it had such a per- sense of purpose that, that we would never have stopped doing it um, until we stepped away from the organization. So there was no question. We were both 100% invested in it. And um, we also learned so much along the way. It was almost like a, a startup within a within an established organization. It was quite a, a surreal experience, really, because no one else had really done anything quite like what Flex had done um, that we could see in such a, a short period of time for a network to grow that fast it was it was really quite incredible and um there there was obviously a real appetite within the business so everybody seemed to want a piece of it everybody wanted to get involved everybody had an opinion about flexible working it was just really exciting to see see it come to life and to know that it was something that we had kind of initiated so yeah it was it was great we got so much out of it personally professionally but also in terms of knowing that we were helping other people within the business as well. It's so interesting that you mentioned the word purpose. I've been thinking a lot from a personal perspective about how much I should encourage people to take on extra responsibilities because, as you know, I care about career progression of people who usually don't progress, i.e. lots of people with young children. But in order to progress, it's important to take on extra stuff, but at the same time, that impacts on your workload. So... What your example described to me is that there's, if you do something that you passionately believe in, where there's a real purpose, it's worth it, but you have to choose very carefully. Definitely. Um, and the, the other thing I would say is that whilst you obviously have to be careful about how much of yourself you're giving, both at work and at home, you don't want to burn out. I, I would say that the whilst flex the flex network was separate to our day jobs it wasn't part of what we did as as employees at hsbc they became massively intertwined you know we were we became very visible we were put in front of people that we would not have been put in front of before and in terms of kind of leadership skills i mean goodness we we essentially you know we grew it from the ground up it was it was such a learning experience for us and and you know, those transferable skills everyone talks about in terms of CVs. I just think it's invaluable to get involved in something, especially if, if you are passionate about it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily advise getting involved in something that you think, oh, this will be good for my CV, but I'm not necessarily that passionate about because you you probably will drown in (laughs) workload. But it's that passion that drives you to be a part of it and give, make it as, as good as it could be. And aside from what you got from it, what was the impact on the business? it's completely changed the way that HSBC in the UK certainly talks about flexible working. So, um, you know, for individuals, it was there to support and help them manage their day to day to give them the tools that they needed to make their working life better. But also bigger scale, the network became part of the HR process and the way that we we fed into the way that they talk about the way that they think about flexible working policies, the kind of infrastructure of flexible working. And I would say that that's had a big influence on, on, on the way the business kind of delivers flexible working to its employees. And that was really important because some of that 
will always need will need fixing in any organization you can't you can't drive and deliver something like flexible working without the input of your employees and and i would say that that was probably missing at the beginning so i i do think it's it's had a it had a definite impact i mean there may not be the stats around gender pay gap closing the gap and like i mean obviously that's a, a hugely complicated issue I don't think you can pin it down to one thing only, but um, it's definitely helping to shift the dial on that conversation. If someone is listening to this, someone senior role in an organization where no one else is working flexibly, he or she is the only one doing this and they want to drive a ch some change, where should they start? I would, I would absolutely say that you start with your own team and become the example for the rest of the business of flexible working working really well and shout about it when you've got it working really well and you can show that productivity is increasing because we know that it increases with flexible working you can show that uh, employee sentiment is is improving that um, loyalty you know recommendations to friends family etc all of those amazing things that all businesses are striving to get towards they the things are actually shifting to the positive you have to be really vocal about it don't be shy about talking about the successes within your team and talk to your peers if you are a senior leader within this business who really believes really truly believes that this is something that it would be good for not only your employees but for your business you have to speak out and you have to speak out loudly because otherwise nothing will change Mm. And it speaks to your earlier point about there being role models. Absolutely. Mm. Okay, so you've done that. Mm -hmm. And then? Wow, that's a big question. <laughs> or, or maybe something else, like maybe not linked to flexible working. You have an idea. Yes. You want to implement it. Yes. Where do you start? Well, I think as a senior leader, you probably have some privilege in, in being able to have more influence of, of how things are run within your business. And I just think, be maverick, do it do it, make changes, go to your CEO, go to the people that you report into and present the case to them about why it should change. There is things like flexible working or whatever it, whatever it is, there will be an argument set out for you already. You, you know, you don't, you're not reinventing the wheel here. There are people that are doing it really well. Go outside of your organization, talk to people in other organizations that are, are leading the way in whatever it is that you're passionate about changing within your business, get them to come into your business and talk to people. What we found, which we were astounded by is that it didn't matter who we approached they were always willing to come into HSBC. It could, you know, we had people coming from other banks coming in to us to talk about how how they're doing flexible working well. And I think it's it's about opening people's eyes to to a different way of working. I think going outside of your organisation can actually be quite powerful. I think within financial services, it definitely created a bit more of that competitive uh, edge. So that was always that was always beneficial to us. Um, but people are so willing to talk about these things and share their experiences. It's not as hard as you think. And what I love about your example as well is that you took a strong data set, mm. a qualitative data set from yes. those meetings. Yeah. And therefore made it very obvious that it was a good thing to get yes. involved in. And I think the other thing you did is you rode on an existing wave. So there was obviously something happening in the background at HR yes and tying into that very early before you even knew what you were doing yes is a very interesting way of approaching it yeah yeah use well use the use the resources that are there for you um how do you tie it in how do you kind of leverage what is already there 
it creates less work for you, but also it shows that your your intention is to to tie into the into the, the culture of the business and improve it. Who can who could argue with that? <laughs> very, very true. So, as a chief job share promoter, what are the top two things that someone who is in a normal, in quotation mark, four days a week job and wants to move to job share can do tomorrow? Just two simple things. How would they get started to make their job share work? To even or start, to, to even start looking for a job share. Yeah, or even to start find a job share partner. Um. That's a really good question. <laughs> and most job shares are, usually, I think, at the moment are probably formed out of working alongside somebody that also wants to form a job share. But there are definitely uh, platforms out there now that are being built specifically to help you find a job share match. There are. It's, it's kind of like online dating, I guess. It's about finding somebody that you've got that chemistry with. But I would also, I would approach your business to, to ask whether there is anything in place to help match people with job share or if, if people have been inquiring. I also want to ask you about your experience of choosing, as you call it, to become a stay-at-home mum. Yes. Yeah. Now, I know you're very passionate about your career. Yes. And I can imagine, I'm making an assumption here, that in your social circle, it will be an unusual thing. Um, I'm very passionate about careers, but I also believe that given we're all going to work until 75 it's totally fine to take a few years yes, out if you yeah. choose to cho do so. And mm -hmm. it can be an amazing platform to reorientate your life towards the purpose that you want. So what what made you decide that? Well, for me, it, it was a no brainer, really, um, in terms of where I was at with my career. You know, we talked talked earlier about realising that what I wanted to do with my life, my career is something that I'm passionate about. So it, it was coming to a natural end in terms of, of being an employee at HSBC. I really enjoyed my time there, had some amazing experiences. It was time for me to, to, to move on. I'd been there for just coming up to eight years. So it was definitely, you know, time for me to find a new challenge. That coincided with um, my husband launching his own new business. We were a flexible working family, we like to call ourselves. So we were both working flexibly, both trying to kind of change the way that we worked neither of us wanted to work full time nine to five five days a week that was always the case before we had children so the way that we view our working careers is very much in terms of in terms of the family goal rather than as individuals so at this point in time my husband is focusing on his his business launching his business it's doing really well um, and I'm at home with the children and you know in a, in a few months we'll reassess that and and it, it ebbs and flows and it always, has always been like that the whole time we've been together so you know my my ambition going forward is to is to work for myself to, to you know do freelance communications and but to really focus on projects that that ignite that passion that spark mm, fantastic Fingers well, crossed. very best of luck with that <laughs> i'm you. sure you'll make a difference wherever you go thank you so much for joining me in this interview thank you thank you for listening today I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. You can get in touch with Sam on Twitter via at sjfeeney, Feeney spelled F-E-E-N-E-Y. Thank you so much to everyone who shared feedback and suggestions about the podcast in the last few weeks. I'm so pleased that so many of you are enjoying it. Many of you said that you really liked the practical tips and also the deep conversations where the person I'm interviewing and I have a proper discussion 
and, and challenge each other and, and bounce off each other um, more than a traditional interview. So I'll keep doing that. I'm, I've got a dream list of amazing guests, some of whom are quite high profile that I want to speak to. And I know that to get to them, it's really important to continue growing the listener numbers. But because, you know, the really famous people tend to want to be speaking to lots of people. So if you do like the podcast, do help spread the word. Uh, please take a moment to share it with five friends right now if you haven't done so yet. And also perhaps take a screenshot and share it on social media, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you're using. That would be extremely helpful. Uh, and a big thank you in advance for that. Also, um, just to let you know, so our fellowship program is starting now, but we have got a couple of guests, well, one or two spaces for guests, uh, free spaces on our first event on the 9th of March. So if you would like to come along, do email me on firina, V-E-R-E-N-A, at leadersplus.org.uk. Um, it's between 10.30 and 12.15. And there will be some amazing speakers, including Professor Dame Jane Daker and Dame Alexander Marks, who are all sharing their story of combining leadership careers with young children. It's first come, first served. And also, if you want to be kept in the loop about opportunities, do sign up to the Leaders Plus newsletter on leadersplus.org.uk forward slash newsletter. That's it for today. Have a wonderful rest of the week.